Isn't that great? Isn't that great? I love that. I love that. Well, we're so glad that you're here today. If you're visiting for the first time, we want you to know you're only a visitor one time at Countryside. When you come back, you're part of this wonderful family, and what a wonderful family it is. You're surrounded by the best people in America right here in this room. Appreciate you so much. Want to welcome all those that are watching online. You're part of our family as well. We're so glad that you're here with us, and we're so glad that you're participating in this service. Flannel Fest. How many have never heard of Flannel Fest? We weren't able to have it last year because of COVID, but this year we're bringing it back. We did it two years ago, and it was maxed out. We had over 3,000 people coming on and off the property. The, we had no parking for anyone else, so it's something that is really, really big. But the most important thing about Flannel Fest is two things. One, they're coming for candy, so we need all the candy we can possibly have. A lot of people already started bringing that in, but they also need trunks that are gonna be decorated, it's so fun. I usually hang out with all the, the trunk people, but you decorate your trunk, you dress up with whatever, you, it's just a fun night. They call it the devil's holiday. We're bringing people on this campus so that it, number one, it's safe, but there's a show that happens there they're gonna hear the gospel message on Halloween night. I think that's a good thing. Well, the enemy meant for harm, we're turning that around to bring glory to the name of Jesus. So. Let me ask you, how many will make a commitment to do a trunk, to decorate your trunk and dress up? We, we need 50 cars. Nobody raised their hand the first time. I'm sure it's because of these lights. So <laughs> l let me come down. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Who else? I see, thank you, I see your hand. God bless you. We're, we're, it's like an altar call right now. Thank you, thank you for that. I tell you what, who wants to go to Crowder tonight? Somebody gave me two tickets to Crowder as they were leaving first service tonight at Ruth Eckert Hall for an awesome worship experience. Who would like to go to Crowder tonight at 8 o'clock? Since you did a trunk and you committed, I'm so glad you want to go. You deserve it. All right, enjoy that. Enjoy that tonight. Well, this is week three of a series that we've called When Mountains Move. And what we're believing is that God is going to stir up the faith of his people because God's not done yet. He's just getting started, and it's so important that we believe God for miracles. How many believe that God still does miracles today? That's the same God of the Bible. It's the same God that we serve today. So week one, I shared about the miracle of deliverance. Isn't it incredible? The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells inside of you, dwells inside of me. People that are followers of Jesus Christ and accepted him, the same spirit dwells within us. And so many people walk in fear because of darkness, because of demons and spiritual attacks. God has given you, God has given us as believers all authority over darkness and evil spirits in the name of Jesus. Can you say amen? Let's walk in it and let's believe God for that miracle. Pastor Marcelo, didn't he do a great job last, night, last week? <laughs> wonderful, wonderful young man. As he shared on the miracle of protection. And I love that. I love that message that he gave. And aren't you thankful we serve a God that protects us? Every day, we're protected by God himself. Every time I drive on US 19, and almost every time, I'm praying against the spirit 
of left lane going 20 miles an hour with a blinker on the right side. It's a spirit. It's a spirit. And I pray against that. God is a God of protection. Can you say amen? Well, this week we're talking about the miracle of healing. How many believe that God still heals today? He's still in the healing business. We believe that, and we're believing God for miracles in his house today. So God has done miracles throughout Scripture. We look in the Old Testament, just to name a few of the miracles that he did in the Old Testament. Hannah was barren and could not have children, but yet God healed her womb, and she gave birth to Samuel. One of the greatest people in the Old Testament, Samuel, was a miracle that he was even born. We see Elijah raising a boy from the dead in the Old Testament. We see where God heals Nebuchadnezzar, who had lost his mind and gone absolutely crazy. God brought healing to his mind and his spirit. Doesn't that give you hope for your crazy aunt? We all have that crazy aunt, don't we? It gives me great hope for that. But we see in the Gospels that at least 30 times we see healing in the New Testament. It's also implied that hundreds of miracles happen. It was just like a, this is the way it is. Why was it in the New Testament, walking and believers just saying, this is just the way it is. We serve a God that heals. Jesus is going to heal today. How much greater does God want to heal today among our midst, in us and through us, but God wants us to stir our faith. And I believe that this is a day where faith is gonna be stirred up and God's gonna bring healing. In the New Testament, we see where Jesus, he heals the blind, he opens the deaf ears, he healed lepers, he raised the dead. One time in the book of Acts, Paul was preaching, and he was preaching so long, Luke gives this account where he says that he went well into the night, now, that gives you something to be thankful for, church. You see, I have a timer that's on in this little center screen that keeps me so I don't go well in the night. Although there are some of you, even with a 35-minute timer, you think I don't see, but I do. Some of you sit up and, and you even nod while you're sleeping. It's, it's cool to watch. And when I know you're asleep fully, it's when your mouth stops smiling, and then your mouth, uh, I see it. I'm not discouraged by that. It's cool. You can sleep if you want. But here we see where someone, a little boy, was in the window, fell asleep in the middle of the message, and fell out of a window and died. I don't want anybody dying during my messages. I mean, you can fall asleep, but I don't. And then it says that Paul went down and he healed the boy and raised him from the dead. So I'm willing to raise you from the dead. I'm willing to, but please, you know, wait till you get home if you would. One of the most controversial healings in Scripture, we see where Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law. And a lot of theologians believe that that's the reason Peter denied Jesus three times, because he healed his mother-in-law. Thank you for bearing with that pastoral joke that it took a minute for you guys to get, but I'm glad that you did. John chapter 14, verse 12, it says this. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do works I have been doing, and they will even do greater things than these. Jesus healed the sick. 
Jesus raised the dead. Jesus walked and talked and had such faith. But how much greater are the things that God wants to do through you and through the church today? We believe in this church that God still heals today just like he did in the Bible. I can remember my son reminded me last week, he said, Dad, you remember on that mission trip where there was this old man that was in a wheelchair and it was after one of our little services that we had and there were hundreds of people that gathered around him and we prayed over him and he got out of the wheelchair and walked. And we talked to the people and we said, you know, did he just have a twisted ankle or what was, they said he had not walked in 20 years but yet we prayed, we believed, we had faith, and he got out of that wheelchair and walked for the first time in 20 years. But let me ask you this. How many people have prayed for someone, maybe someone you know, maybe for yourself, and you believe God for a miracle, but God didn't answer that prayer? Be honest. This is one of the biggest tensions that people walk through in their faith. God you're able to heal, but yet when I prayed, you didn't always bring healing the way that I wanted you to do it. For a lot of people, it can be confusing. It can bring doubt in a lot of people's heart. There are people that walk away from their faith completely because God didn't do it the way they thought God should do it. I can remember looking back at a, a, someone so precious in my life. She was my assistant, and we were on a camping trip. This was long time ago, more than 20 years ago. And we were on a camping trip. We had about 50 high schoolers that were on this trip. And she came to me and she said, I'm, I'm not feeling good. She never complained, ever. So I said, you're getting in my car and we're going to the emergency room. When we went to the emergency room, we went in and they wouldn't let me in because I wasn't family, so I was in the waiting room and they brought me back and they said, she has cancer that has metastasized through her entire body. I can remember being in that emergency room and her looking at me with this and she says, well, Pastor Glenn, that is not acceptable. And I said, you're darn right it's not acceptable. And we prayed and we prayed and we believed. We were five hours from here, five hours. And I slept there night after night. People were coming from all over to pray and to pray the prayer of faith but she died in that hospital. That was tough for a young pastor to process and to understand. But something that I've learned over time is we serve a sovereign God who sees it all. And sometimes his purposes don't always look like we want it to look. And sometimes things don't go the way we think that they should go. I can see now all these years later one of her sons was in the middle of partying and drinking and was passed out on the floor. He came at her hospital bed, knelt on the floor, and rededicated his life to Jesus Christ. Ended up going through seminary. Ended up having a heart still. His family is serving God fully. Another one, her youngest son, oh my goodness, one of my favorite people in the world, part of this church, one of our drummers, minister here with our young adults and our, our youth. Um, He's here today. Alex, I'm just so proud of you, of what God has done in you and through you. But it didn't go the way we thought, but yet God still showed up 
in so many different ways. You see, sometimes we get caught up with why God didn't heal Linda Bennett. That was hard. Some of you may say, well, I don't know why God won't heal me. I still have these headaches. Why won't God heal me of these headaches? Why won't he heal my son's depression? Why won't he heal my daughter from an addiction? Why did my grandma die when she was 60 years old of cancer? You see, a lot of people, they process that being different than the way they thought that God should do or how God should heal. And people conclude in their heart oftentimes that God's not real or God's not good or that God doesn't care. I want you to know, God is real, God is always good, and God does care deeply for each and every one of you. In your notes, it says our God heals, but he doesn't heal everyone all the time. There's a man by the name of Trophimus in scripture. He was one of eight friends that accompanied the Apostle Paul on his third missionary trip. So when Trophimus got sick, God didn't heal him. We see that in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 20. It says, Eradicus stayed in Corinth, and I left Trophimus sick in Miletus. God didn't heal him. God could have healed him, but that wasn't what God wanted to do. We see in 1 Timothy chapter 5 where Timothy struggled with stomach problems, and he had stomach issues. Now, here we are, Timothy writer of scripture that God didn't heal of his stomach problems. Can you imagine Timothy? Come on, God. What's up? Of all the people you can heal, I'm like writing the Bible with you here. Why aren't you healing me? But it says in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 23, it says, use a little wine. Now, why don't you stop there? <laughs> I want you just to take note because I don't want anybody taking this out of context. Make sure you don't cut this off and just say, Pastor Glenn says, I can. it says, drink a little wine. It doesn't say drink a bottle of wine every night before you go to bed. It says, drink a little wine because of your stomach and your frequent illnesses. God could have healed Timothy, but he didn't. Paul had something that was called a thorn in his flesh. Many scholars believe that that could be bad eyesight. It could be a temptation that he struggled with. But in scripture, it says that Paul cried out for his healing three times. Three times, God, heal me. Take away this thorn in my flesh. But God chose not to heal him. In fact, he said, Paul, my grace is enough for you. There are times that God may not heal us, but always remember, his grace is so freeling, and his grace is enough no matter what our circumstances are or whatever we may be going through. His grace is enough. You see, our God can heal. Many times he heals. I see it over and over and over, but sometimes he doesn't. Some Christian might say to you, well, it's because you don't have enough faith. Oh, it's because there's sin in your life that God hasn't healed you. And the enemy wants you to turn it inward and make you feel like you're the problem as to why God's not healing you. That's a lie. It's not the truth. God chooses whom he may heal because we serve a sovereign God. But understand this, God sees your heart and he sees the faith in your heart and it matters. How many were here earlier in the year with my good friend Melissa, who had cancer, came up and shared her testimony? How many were here for that? Well, here's my friend. I mean, 
I met her in my, when I was like 19 years old in this church. I'd never seen anyone as zealous as Melissa Shepherdson. Never. I'd never seen anyone that knew exactly what she was going to do with her life at an early age. She knew she was going to India to serve the people of India and lead people to the Lord in the middle of all that they're going through in India. She did those things. She lived her life faithful. But here over a year ago, she calls me, Glenn, I've got cancer. The doctor says it's everywhere. I can't believe it. What am I going to do? I prayed over the phone with her and said, God, heal Melissa. But God, he didn't heal Melissa. And Melissa, the next time I talked to her, he said, Pastor Glenn, I want to come to church and I want to share my journey. And she called it joy in the journey. She knew in her heart that no matter if God healed her or if God did not choose to heal her, she was going to walk faithful and be faithful and live faithful, and she did that. Every step of the way, she had joy in the journey of whether God was going to heal her on this earth or whether God was going to take her home. She lived with this message in her heart. Take a look. I am on a journey of joy. I really, I feel so joyful. And that means joy in the hard times and in the good times. I want you to love big. Then God said, forgive big. Then God said, share me big. Share Jesus big. You trust in the Lord always. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. So I believe God is fighting the battle for me. Ezekiel 14, 14. It says, I am fighting this battle for you. You are to be still in me. So I'm trusting the Lord. You trust the Lord with the battle you're in, okay? What is it? You love big. Forgive big. Share Jesus big. Remember, life is short, and I'm reminded of that every single day. Every single day. God bless you. That was a message she lived out the last year of her life. And God had big plans with that last year of her life. There are hundreds of people in this church that were so encouraged and so moved by this story that it changed the way that they live. I've had so many people come to me and they said, because of that, I'm loving big. I'm forgiving big. I'm trusting big. I'm sharing Jesus big. I know I added one there. I meant to do that. But here she was. She was taken away from us, you know, two months ago. But as I look and I see all of the years of her life of living faithful, this last year, she shared with more people, led more people to the Lord. Thousands of people were able to hear her story, and God used it for his good and for his glory. I don't understand what God was doing, but I understand that Melissa trusted God whether her healing was here on earth or whether her healing was when she went to heaven. She's healed, and she's whole. And whether we live 20 years, 50 years, 100 years on this earth, the Bible says our life is oh but a vapor. So are we gonna live with faith? Are we gonna live trusting God, understanding that God's true, his faithfulness of his word is always true, he's always good, he's always right on time? Are we gonna walk around defeated and discouraged? I wanna encourage you, church. God's moving us into a season of this ministry that we've never had before. 
God is doing supernatural things in this place and in Tampa. I was there last week, and they are so excited for what's coming as we move in January to, to have our second campus there. It's just the beginning of what God wants to do in us and through us to affect the Tampa Bay area and the world. So I want to encourage you, let faith rise up in your heart, but don't allow times where you have disappointments to rob you of your faith, rob you of your zeal, rob you of what God wants to do with you. In your notes, I want to give you three reasons Jesus didn't do miracles in Scripture. Number one, Jesus refused to perform miracles to prove himself. So many of us, we say, oh, God, if you will just do this, then I will trust you. If you'll just do this, come on, just heal this, make the, give me this, give me this money, give me this breakthrough. If you do that, then I'm going to trust you. Then I'll witness, God, but I, I need you to do something to prove yourself. Matthew chapter 8, starting verse 11, it says, the Pharisees came and began to question Jesus, to test him. They asked him from a sign from heaven. He sighed deeply and said, why does this generation ask for a sign? Truly I tell you, no sign will be given. God doesn't owe us a sign. We trust him because the absolute truth of his word defines who he is, his character, his goodness, his mercy, his grace. But it's not because of what he can do for us. We trust him because of who he is. He's faithful and he's good. God doesn't owe us a sign. Number two, in your notes, Jesus never performed a miracle that interfered with the ultimate plan of God. God always has a plan. I look back at my life and I would have done this different, I would have done this different, I would have done this different, and I would have absolutely screwed up my life. I'd be on the street somewhere begging for money, lost, broken, hurt. I probably would have married somebody else that would have dumped me and I'd be on the side of the street single alone but God did it his way. It looked very different than my way. But let me tell you, throughout it all, throughout the years of being um, fearful, throughout the years of feeling like an introvert where nobody would accept me, God made me stronger in his perfect timing and his perfect will. I look at my wife every day, I'm like, Lord, I don't know how this happened, but I am grateful. Thank you. Look back in your life. And see where you are today, sitting in this church today, serving God, loving God, following Jesus. Oh, God has a big plan. And it's up to us to trust him with it. We see in, in scripture, God always has a plan. God's always sovereign. We see where Judas betrayed Jesus with a kiss. It was to expose, this is who Jesus is, this is who you need to capture. And he tapped, the, the Roman soldiers gathered around him, and there was a Roman soldier whose name was Malchus. And Peter, here's Peter, jumps out, says, I got this, Jesus, and he cuts his ear off. Now, Jesus is, can you imagine Jesus is like, Peter, Peter, really? It's kind of like the plan. This is why I'm here. I'm here to get captured. I'm here to get my life. And you go and you cut the guy's ear off. Where's the ear? Where's it at? Where's the ear? Give me the ear. Come here. 
be healed in my name, amen. I know we say in Jesus' name, but he just said in my name, you know. And Jesus used this as a teaching moment for Peter. Matthew chapter 26, verse 53 says, don't you realize that I could ask my father for thousands of angels to protect us? But he would send them instantly. But if I did, how would the scriptures be fulfilled that describe what must happen now? You see, in one moment he does a miracle, he attaches the ear, and the next moment he says, I've gotta walk out the plan, and I don't want Peter or anyone else interfering with God's perfect will for me at this moment. That's what God does, he has a plan. Number three, Jesus didn't do miracles where there was no faith. We see in scripture when Jesus was in his hometown, the people weren't impressed with Jesus. In fact, scripture says they had no faith. And Jesus' hands were tied when it came to doing miracles because his hometown had no faith that Jesus would do miracles. Oh, that's just Jesus. Isn't he a carpenter? Oh, that's Joseph's son. Oh. Matthew 13, 58 says, and they did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. Understand this, church. Your faith moves the heart of God. Your faith moves the heart of God. Your faith matters. Your faith matters to God. We see that throughout scripture. We see the woman with the issue of blood. She bled for 12 years, but she knew in her heart, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, if I could just touch the tassels that he wears, then I would be healed. And you know what happened? She touched the tassels. And in Mark chapter five, verse 34, Jesus felt the power leave him. And he looked at her and says, daughter, your faith has healed you. Your faith has healed you. There was a leper that fell at Jesus' feet in worship in Luke chapter 17, 19. And when that happened, Jesus says, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Your faith matters. There was a blind man that screams out to Jesus, Jesus, have mercy on me. In Mark chapter 10, verse 52, Jesus looks at him and says, go. Your faith has healed you. You see, when you look at the Gospels, Jesus was always amazed by the faith of those that believed in him. They were always amazed at the faith of the people around him. When Jesus saw faith, he was amazed. Sometimes Jesus was like, wow, that is such powerful faith. And there's other times, maybe sleeping on the boat, those disciples, you see Jesus going, wow, really? Where's your faith? There was a Roman centurion, had a sick servant. He said, I don't deserve Jesus to be even under my roof. But he said, Jesus, just say the word. And when Jesus heard him, it says he was amazed because he had not seen such great faith in Israel. See, in his hometown, no one was impressed. He was amazed. Really, it's my hometown. Where's your faith? So let me ask you this. Where is your faith right now? Would Jesus look at you and say, wow, Pastor Tim, whoo, way to go. Or would he go, wow, Pastor Tim, what's up? Come on, brother, get it together. I love Pastor Tim, don't you appreciate him? He just, he let me just do that and he's like, I love it. 
See, oftentimes we struggle with our faith, but this is what Jesus says. You have a mountain in your life. You may look at that mountain and go, oh my goodness, that mountain is huge. I'm never gonna get past that. I'm never gonna get over that. I'm never gonna see that through. But Jesus says, if you have the faith of just a tiny little mustard seed, Google mustard seed. It's one of the tiniest seeds that there are, tiny. But when that seed is planted, it grows to be this magnificent bush plant that is enormous. But he says if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can speak to that mountain, and that mountain will be removed in Jesus' name. Stop being intimidated by the mountains in your life. Allow faith to rise up in your heart. Even if it's the grain of a mustard seed, believe Trust and have faith that God is gonna move that mountain in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? There was a father in the Bible, and his son was just possessed by demons, and he was throwing himself in the fire. Don't you hate when children are suffering? It's one of those things like, God, why does that happen? We live in a broken world. We live in a sinful world. Sin and brokenness, that's the fruit of sin and brokenness in a broken world. The man says to Jesus, if you can do anything, please heal him. In Mark 9, 25, it says, immediately the boy's father said. The boy's father was discouraged. He's like, what's gonna happen? This is an enormous mountain. He says, Jesus, I do believe, but help me with my unbelief. I do believe, how many of you ever in that moment, I do believe, God, I don't wanna let you down, but I don't want my expectations to be too high, and then I'm let down. Listen, no matter what the circumstances are, I am gonna pray. I'm gonna pray with every ounce of faith within me, believing God that he's going to do his perfect will, and I believe in God today that there's gonna be miracles in this house as we're obedient to scripture and we anoint the sick with oil, we pray the prayer of faith, I believe that God is gonna bring healing in the lives and the bodies of his people here today. Let faith rise up in your heart, in your notes. Our faith isn't based on what God does, our faith is based on who God is. I've seen it. I've seen Jesus heal over and over and over again, but I've seen also times where he didn't heal. You see, oftentimes you'll see it in scripture. Before Jesus healed, this is what he said before. Your sins are forgiven. Now you're healed. You see, the number one priority of Jesus was not to come to this earth to heal people's bodies. Why Jesus came to this earth was for the forgiveness of our sins. He came to for bring forgiveness and redemption to a broken heart and to bring healing and to save souls. Aren't you thankful for the saving grace of Jesus Christ in your life? That's what he wants more than healing is that souls would be saved. I'm gonna close with this story. There was four guys in the Bible in Mark chapter two. They had their buddy that was paralyzed and when they went to, they said, we just gotta get to Jesus. But when they went to the house of where Jesus was teaching. He was teaching a Bible study, teaching a word, and the house was packed. And they're carrying their buddy, carrying him on a stretcher probably. And they go, I can only imagine they're probably country people. And they're like, well, Bubba, we're not gonna be able to get in this way. Now, when I say I'm not making fun of country people, because I am country people, okay? And one of the friends said, what do we do? Well, I don't know about you. Let's get on the roof. 
Let's dig a hole and let's drop him in. Now, if I'm having a home group at my house, um, I'll make a way for you in the front. I just want you to know, just yell. Say, Pastor Glenn, I'll make a way. You don't, you don't need to dig a hole. And the word says that they brought him in, and Jesus looked at that man and says, your sins are forgiven. Now rise up and walk. Our faith isn't based on what Jesus does. It's based on who Jesus is. I believe that God can. I believe that God will. But even if he doesn't, I still trust God. Before we move into this time of prayer and anointing, I want everybody just to bow your heads for just a second. People say, why do you do this every week? Why I give a salvation message at the end of every week is because that was why Jesus came, was to hear this message of why he came to this earth. Why did Jesus give his life? He gave his life to pay the debt of your sin and my sin so that anyone that would believe in him would be saved. Jesus promises an abundant life. It doesn't mean you're gonna have a bunch of things, but your heart will be full knowing that your sins are forgiven, knowing that Jesus is your savior, knowing that you're a child of God, and heaven is our home. Aren't you excited? This isn't it, church. Heaven is our home. And those that believe in Jesus Christ by faith, by faith, shall be saved. Every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. I'm not gonna take much time because I'm believing God for miracles today, but very quickly, if you're here today and say, Pastor Glenn, will you pray for me? I wanna know Jesus Christ as my savior. I wanna rededicate my life. I've been away from God. I'm ready to come home today. When I count to three, raise your hand, look at me. We're gonna pray, we're gonna believe, and you're gonna leave this place saved by the grace of Jesus Christ. One, two, three. If that's you, raise your hand up high. Raise it up high, yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, I see your hand. Raise it up high. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, I see your hand in yours, and yours, and yours, and yours, and yours, and yours, and yours. I see your hands over here. God bless you. Yes, yes, thank you. Now let's pray for the sake of those that raise their hands and believe God for salvation in the house today. Let's pray boldly. Repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I thank you for what you did for me on the cross. You gave your life so that I might know life. I thank you that on the third day, you rose from the dead and you are seating at the right hand of the Father. I ask you now, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Today, I accept you, Jesus, as my Lord, my Savior, my God, and my very best friend. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord a praise offering for what he's done. That's the most important thing that God can do. But can we all stand together? I know I made a video. I wanted you guys to come prayed up. This is what we're gonna do. It's not gonna take long, but I really want faith to rise up in this house today. James chapter five, verses 14 and 15, it says, are any of you sick? You should call on the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. I want the pastors to come up to the front, our pastor's wives that are here. This is what we're gonna do. I pray, God, how do you wanna do this? See, we have a lot of people here. Each one of these people, they're gonna anoint you with oil in Jesus' name. 
you're welcome to stay up here and spread out or go back to your seat. It's only gonna take a few minutes, but first service, tons of people were flooding the altar with faith in their heart that today was the day that God was gonna bring healing. And at the end of this moment, we're gonna worship together. I wanna encourage you, if you need healing, come and let us anoint you with oil. If there's someone that you're praying for, for healing, I wanna encourage you, come up, let us anoint you with oil on behalf of that person that you're praying for. But I believe, church, the same God that healed in the Bible is the same God that's gonna heal today. Can you say amen to that? So I'm gonna pray, when I pray, we're gonna start this worship song. Come, allow us to anoint you. At the end of that worship song, I'm gonna pray one prayer over everyone, and we're believing God for a miracle in the house today. Father, fill this place, fill our hearts with faith. Lord, your word says the faith of a mustard seed would move the mountain. So today we are praying mountain-moving, faith-filled prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Jesus said, son, daughter, your sins are forgiven. Now be healed. Be healed, be whole in Jesus' name. Father, right now we come in your presence with faith in our hearts, believing you for what your word says. Father, if we have faith the size of a mustard seed, we can speak to that mountain in our life and that mountain will move in Jesus' name. I speak forth your healing power, Father, right now over this congregation as we've been obedient, anointed with oil. We're praying the prayer of faith, and we thank you, Lord, your word says we will be healed. I come against cancer right now in Jesus' name. I come against depression right now and anxiety in Jesus' name. I come against fear right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Every back problem, every shoulder problem, every knee problem, every joint be healed in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Father, we lean upon you for our understanding and not upon ourselves. Father, I speak forth to women with female problems, healing in the name of Jesus. I speak forth healing to liver disease, kidney disease, heart disease, lung disease in Jesus' name. Father, we take authority over COVID and COVID symptoms right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we loose your healing power to flow in this place today. And we will walk out of this building with faith in our heart, with a pep in our step, knowing, God, that you've touched us, you've healed us, and you've raised us up together in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, amen. amen. And amen. Would you just remain standing right now to receive your blessing? May you be blessed with the healing power of the Holy Spirit. May you be blessed with the knowledge that you can trust the one who died for you. May you be blessed and your family with health, with joy, with a beautiful future. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God's good.
I love you so much, church. We'll see you this Worship Wednesday. God bless you.